0: Hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia and with me is my co-host Mila. Hi Mila. Hello. Welcome to episode 18 of our show, Beauty and the Beast, part one. Two for one, all sales final. I think that's self-explanatory. Unfortunately, all sales final. Here we go. The synopsis for this episode is Uther is captivated by his latest guest, Lady Katrina. Arthur is appalled by his flirting, but Merlin is wary for another reason. If you didn't see the tiny scenes
1: from the previous episode, you wouldn't really know what this episode is about.
0: In a prior commentary, Colin Morgan was saying, like it kind of ruins the surprise of Lancelot for the next episode. Like, If you didn't know he was coming up the stairs, you would be really surprised. And it's a good entrance, but it's kind of ruined by the fact that last week you found out.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about this on the last episode and I said yes I would have liked them to just
0: hide the fact that Lancelot was coming it's it's a really interesting episode we're gonna do something a little new here where we're just gonna talk about the episode for a beat before we get into like what happens I love this episode it's kind of a departure from what we've seen so far there's like a much lighter tone it's funny and this particular episode isn't outright a lot of comedy it's very funny it's a very interesting style. It's very funny.
1: And that's the thing, it is funny in a way that yes, there's a person threatening Camelot, but I wasn't like tense and like scary and like sweaty hands for the entire episode. It was it was actually funny and kind of like light and cheery throughout the whole entire episode till the very end, almost the very end.
0: Yeah, it feels like, I mean, there's one really tense part, but I feel like most of it feels like a a jaunty little fun thing happening, even though it's a threat and she's a monster. I mean, first, let's start by just Sarah Parrish and Adam Godley are the guest stars. They're both amazing. I mean, him because he does it without the makeup, but her because, God, she's playing three characters, really. She's playing Lady Katrina and then the halfway of, looking like Lady Katrina and being the troll and then the full troll and makeup. It's, it's an impressive performance and I'm not shocked at all. Cause she's great, but it's just, you know, it colors the whole show. It was really interesting watching behind the scenes. And they were talking about how she was having so much fun with it, that it was making everyone just like in a really fun, light mood. That's amazing.
1: I love, and I think that the hardest one of those three characters is the in-between. Because one extreme, you're there. You're in Lady Katrina's clothes. You can get more into that character. You feel like a lady. You feel like somebody from nobility. And then the opposite is also the other end of the spectrum here is also true. You're full of makeup. You obviously feel like a troll. And it's much easier to just be in all of makeup and you have like the hands, the face, the, the teeth coming out, and it's just easier. But the in-between and the way that when she gets into a room that she closes the door, she just collapses into her, let's say, quote-unquote, regular form. And the voice changes, like her posture changes. It is brilliant. And she does it so well. And it's really hard.
0: She said so herself in the behind the scenes. She said that's the, that's the hardest part. You won. You got it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. It is the hardest part because you're putting on the affects without the makeup and all of the aid that that gives you. And what's interesting about it to me is it takes a full commitment because it feels crazy. Like, even if you're enjoying it, that has to feel crazy pants. And it is a very, you know, flick of a switch when the door closes and she lets go. And she does it in a way where it feels like she let go, right? She also puts on that feeling. It doesn't feel like she's putting on a character. No, it feels like she let go of the posture. Instead of getting into a new posture, it feels like she finally can breathe, which is very much the opposite of what's happening to her because it must be harder to take that posture than Lady Katrina's. Right. The feeling that I have
1: looking at her is just like when your pants are too tight or when you're like wearing something too tight and you're like finally take it off and you're like, ugh. This feels amazing. Yeah. And that's, that, that's almost what I feel like seeing her collapse. And she's like, oh, this is the position that my body likes. And it's so
0: great. It's really a fascinating idea that she would, she's putting on the voice and the posture, even though she looks like that. So it's really fascinating that she's having to do a lot of work. Yeah. The troll is having to do a lot of work just besides having the appearance magically changed. The spell doesn't change the posture and the voice. So it's just an appearance.
1: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't change essentially who you are. It just changes your outer appearance. But I guess inside,
0: you like what you like and you sound what you sound like. It's great. The voice is great. I mean, it is to me. Every time I see this, her utter commitment to it is what makes it brilliant. She just is a 100% in. No matter who she's playing, because... When she's playing the troll playing Lady Katrina, she's over the top. It's actually funny the way she behaves with Uther and like the fainting, and like the overdramatic. How did a lady act back then Then go full in on the stereotypes of that kind of stuff is hilarious.
1: I have several notes that would say, good job, nice work on the like over, overplaying this like nob- I'm from nobility kind of thing.
0: Yeah, this tender flower, this wilting flower, and the, oh, you're a big, strong man, batting the eyelashes, and, you know, even the accent.
1: Right, like very airy, kind of spoken. Because that's what, it, <laughs> what they want to hear,
0: right? It's like the idea of like what a troll thinks a human man wants to hear from a woman.
1: I love it. Well, I guess you're right. She's not
0: wrong. I mean, she starts to get to Uther before the spell, but like, we can get into it. So it really opens up with her story, right? And it's funny, even though you saw the preview, you probably wouldn't have guessed what was happening right there in the beginning. Not really. And it's a good reveal, because I mean, what we haven't said is that that hood comes off her, and she's stunning. She is a stunning woman. She's so beautiful. Yeah, that's a beautiful woman. Of course, the opening is, oh, I'm going after Kamala. At least she's not going after Arthur or Uther, right? This time, it's just just a pure money thing. (laughs) I'm not using magic to kill one of you guys, which is also a little bit of a departure. It's not that they're necessarily in danger right now. She just wants to steal money and power.
1: Yes, I didn't know that at the beginning, but then there's a whole explanation that lets me know that that's what they want, which I appreciate.
0: Yes, the Gaius troll exposition speech, which comes later. Well, they get to town and that's when they run into Merlin and Gaius. I'm so mad at Merlin because this is one of those, it's funny on the part of the writers, this is one of those horror movie lines that I always talk about. Oh, the killer can't possibly get us now. And I'm like, he's right behind you. And they write this hilarious line into this where Merlin says, nothing interesting happens when we do this. Isn't your life interesting enough?
1: I said it out loud. You just jinx yourself. Obviously, he just jinxed himself.
0: He does, and it's great writing because it's like one of these episodes where it's very fun. I love that, and I love that. It's confounding to me. I'm sorry. Is your life not providing enough excitement? Are you kidding me? Someone's dying every week. Stop it. Yeah, how can you be bored? How can you ever be bored? He should be thinking his boring days. Ah, finally. Something relaxing.
1: Yes. I mean, I know that he has to do lots of chores on his... Non exciting days, but you know what I mean. At least emotionally and psychologically, you're not so exhausted because you think you're gonna die all the time or somebody's gonna die that you care about.
0: And I would hazard a guess that the days where someone's not dying, you might actually be able to sleep, Merlin. You might be allowed to like sleep through the night, but hey, you know, she arrives and Merlin's taken with her. Can't blame him. Beautiful lady. And he does point it out later. I'm not even sure I picked up on it. She's quite nice to him. She is. She's very polite and very nice. And I kind of forget how mean everyone is to him for a second. No, That's normal human behavior. She's treating him like a person. Yep. Although Gaius reminds him to bow because he's so distracted.
1: He goes, Merlin, pay attention.
0: We, we take her to Uther, who totally is immediately in love with her. Oh, yeah. Which I do have a point of confusion. Is this spell to make her pretty or to make her specifically look like what Lady Katrina looked like?
1: I think what I took from that, I first thought that it was just to make her pretty. Then when they ex- when she explains the whole thing and they have the seal and all of it, I think that it's to make her look like Lady Katrina.
0: Okay, so not just me, because I have the same sequence of thought. She's doing all this, the fainting, and it's very good, the mannerisms. Merlin brings her to her room, and he's just completely... Taken with her, he's just staring at her and she asks his name so funny. the acting in this scene is just uh all of it right always. Why do we even talk about this? They just nail these scenes. She does this troll breath trick with the food that's left in the room. I think it's fascinating. I don't know if this comes from some sort of lore that's written out there or they just came up with it themselves, but I've never seen anything like it.
1: I've never seen or heard or read anywhere about that and i thought it was a great idea maybe they took it from somewhere maybe they wrote it either way it's a great idea and like the maggots i can't
0: oh i wrote ew maggots i mean i did notice later in a later scene when she does it again and there's maggots on the plate the the wide shot while she's eating didn't have maggots on the plate it's just obviously yeah really upset for a second because i was like did they make her look at maggots while she ate that i looked at
1: that scene, I looked very specifically at the wide shot because I'm like, I'm going to be upset if I see things moving in this plate. And I don't. So there's no things moving.
0: In the later scene where she's eating, it looks gross for a second. And then I'm like, you know what? It's chocolate. For, sure, for it's sure. chocolate. I. It took me a second. And I can't believe I've never gotten there because, well, the listeners don't know this. I am a profound chocoholic. I don't have vices, really. Or maybe you can correct me on this. Since you're, I, think, I think.
1: Except from TV and chocolate, I don't think they have any other vices.
0: <laughs> right. Like binge watching TV and binge eating chocolate are the only vices I have. I'm a severe chocolateaholic, and I'm the kind of person who has, let's get real personal, chocolate in her desk drawer, by her bedside table, in her purse. There are bars of chocolate everywhere that I have stashed because I never can be without chocolate. And we're talking like pretty good for you dark chocolate, okay? Not We're not talking like fake stuff.
1: But whatever. We eat the fake stuff once in a while. It doesn't really matter.
0: It doesn't matter. I'm just just saying, as a chocoholic, I can't believe that I've seen this before and never thought like, that's chocolate. But I think now that I've been doing the podcast and I've heard several commentaries where like Colin will talk about what they used for the, turns out that horse manure on his face in episode one of season two, the Cornelius Segan episode was oatmeal and chocolate. So the stuff they keep putting on him to look gross is always like good food.
1: Oh, yeah. You can't... I was thinking about that one and I wondered if it was just like a special effects makeup or a lot of the times they just do like mixes of weird
0: foods like that Um, that just look like the right thing yeah the guy berries in the last episode i think were cranberries and jam cranberries that's what i that's what i
1: figured and i figured this one first i was upset about the maggots then the, i saw the wide shot and i'm like there's no maggots i'm happy and then i looked at it for another second and i'm like yeah that's chocolate i'm okay
0: Yeah, it it looks gross until you're one of us. I mean, that's why we do this podcast, right? Because I don't, I won't speak for you, but I have an affliction of having worked on and loved productions for so long that I can't help but see the stuff behind what I'm supposed to be watching. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, 100%. This, by the way, to explain to everyone... Finally, on episode 18 of this podcast, is why I rewatch things. It takes me a few times to like let go of stuff and just watch it for what it is and the story. The first time I'm dissecting too much, like I'm just sitting there trying to figure stuff out. And you know, a couple of rewatches later, I've let go of all that and I'm just like, whatever, here's the story. And that's when I would get fully into it.
1: That's really funny because my process is the exact opposite. That's hilarious. I watch it and I'm fully in the first time and then I start watching again and again and again so I can really just let go of the story and watch everything that's happening
0: behind this is why I love spoilers because the more I know beforehand the more I can relax into the story no spoilers I hate spoilers I hate it I hate
1: it do not spoil things for me I'm never gonna talk to you again ever ever not you specifically just people in general
0: that's funny because I have a close friend who has gotten mad at me just because I mentioned, oh, there's a part that surprised me. And he like got mad at me because he's like, well, now I'm going to be anticipating a surprise.
1: I'm not that extreme, I can assure you. But if you give me details of the story, like for example, when there's a series that is coming out that I really like and it already came out and I didn't see it first day where I saw it only the first episode and I'm like making the series last for the longest time that I can, which I do very often. I am off the internet like I don't really look at my Instagram because people post stuff and then when you're scrolling you don't see what's coming then it comes and it's in your face and it's a spoiler a spoiler so I just I'm not I'm like off my computer off my Instagram not that much on Instagram and no spoilers.
0: I basically don't watch things that are on when they're on I wait for them to be over. If I mistakenly get into something that's still on, I will literally go and search for spoilers on the internet. Someone tell me.
1: Oh my God. How can you do that? I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate spoilers so much. I cannot even tell you. It makes me upset talking about that they exist.
0: It's a good thing that we have a no spoilers policy here then. Back to this. You know what? Speaking of effects, because yes, I even though it's delicious, She makes it look gross by the way she eats it, which is... It's horrible. It's horrifying. And the makeup, right? Just to get into that for a second. Two and a half hours. You know, she had like a fat suit and all the stuff. Oh my God, it's so much. But the prosthetic for her head was all day. So once she had it on, it was on. She would have to eat lunch with it on. There were a few interviews with a few cast members about how she'd be walking down the hall in like jeans and a tank top. Her normal self and the troll head.
1: That is amazing. The makeup when you actually put it on—that is two and a half hours every time that you're on set. It's not even the beginning. The beginning is then making a model of your your head, so you have to sit there until like they make like they plaster you. Only your nostrils are open. I've done this in my head. It's it's very claustrophobic. You have to stay very still. They make a model of your head to then fill it in and then just make like a bust. Yeah. Because the inside has to be
0: exactly the shape of your face.
1: Fit on your face properly so you can actually act. And so it's comfortable and it doesn't like, it doesn't give you blisters. It doesn't give you scratches. And it's a lot of work
0: guys. It's a lot of work. Although I found the montage of them putting it on her two and a half hours. I think I could deal with that because I found that kind of meditative. Like she just has to sit there And let it happen. Yep. But I feel like it would get that kind of prosthetic. It was pretty large. I feel like it would get heavy throughout the day.
1: I feel like heavy and hot. You lose a lot of movement. You'd be very hard to eat with that. I don't know. It's a lot.
0: It's a lot. That's another thing. Acting through a prosthetic. Anyway, it's all fantastic. It looks amazing. So at this point, they don't know yet. But it's funny to me. Gaius is always bad at hiding his suspicions. He's so... Bad at it. We know from the second that this woman walks in that he's suspicious. From the second she's in,
1: he's walking down the hall with Merlin. I'm like, of course you know what's happening. You know this person.
0: You know, I can see it in your face. You're being really quiet and weird. But whatever. There's dinner time with basically Uther and the kids and Lady Katrina, where she cleverly doesn't eat. I just love this scene for the awkward teen vibes, even though, you know, they're like early 20s. Arthur is like completely disgusted watching his father flirt. I also can't blame him because it is over the top flirting and it's just too much. And who would want to sit there and watch this and be awkward being the third wheel, except there's four of them and both of Morgana and Arthur are the third wheel and the second they can. They say, okay, thanks. Bye.
1: It's very awkward. And I love, love, love Arthur's face. I love it. It's so good. His reaction is so good. He's like, eye roll. Everything is great. And I would have done the same. Be like, uh, I'm tired. Just gonna go to my chambers.
0: By the way, shout out to Lady Katrina's hair in this scene. Did you notice that, I don't even know what to call it, is like lattice work for hair? I don't know what that is. It's amazing. Yeah. It looks like it took like an hour in the makeup and hair trailer.
1: Well, yeah, that's probably a wig.
0: Yeah, you're right. But still, I feel like that kind of wig is tender to put on your head.
1: Yes. And they probably changed her
0: hairdo on the same wig. Mm -hmm. At least I leave them be. And then she excuses herself right away because, you know, she kind of doesn't like being this version. Or not kind of. She hates being this.
1: And well played because she kisses Uther's hand before she leaves. Very lovingly before she leaves. I was like, wow. You're really going for it here. That
0: is bold. But yeah, she goes off and eats in her room. And Gaius has a plan here, right? Merlin is super naive Merlin at this point. He's just sauntering around with this big smile. Okay, you're not going to tell me what this is for. I'll bring it to her. I don't have a favorite line of this episode, but the way this line gets delivered of, she didn't need it. She didn't know what it was. She didn't even want it. She didn't even ask for it. <laughs> yeah, she didn't even ask for it. It's just like the way that's delivered always sticks out to me for some reason. It cracks me up.
1: I think that it's funny that Merlin is kind of annoyed with Gaius because he's like, you bothered this nice lady. She's very pretty and she's bothered now at me because you sent me there to her room
0: to give her something that she didn't ask for. You made me bother a nice lady that I like and she likes me and what are you doing to me? It plays funny to me (laughs) every time.
1: Very funny. In the scene of Merlin coming to deliver the, the little potion, her physical comedy is also amazing. Like her transformation and she gets in and she goes to she goes to eat and she goes she like flicks both of her feet and her sandals like just go up in the air and like throw it very far away from the table. It is amazing. It's so good.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. When Lady Katrina's off on her picnic with Uther,
1: another Her throwing the cheese in the water. Oh, my God. There's so
0: much. I mean. I can't. I can't. It is so amazing. There's even little things like before they make it to the picnic and they're getting on their horses. And he's like, I had this food specially prepared. And just the look she gives towards the food. Hi. But while she's out there, Merlin gets into like Snoopy Merlin. So check. Check Snoopy Merlin on your Merlin bingo. Gets a jump scare from Jonas a bit while he's snooping. Who has a tail. Adam Godley in this character is super interesting. There's something creepy and gross about him, even though he doesn't have the makeup on, right? You
1: don't see him not human, even at the beginning. I don't know what he is. We still don't know. At this point, we still don't know exactly what he is. We only know that he has a tail. And Adam Godley is great. I had the pleasure of seeing him play live. And he sings... He, like, dances. He's amazing. He was on Broadway. He was in Anything Goes. And he was nominated for a Tony. So when I saw him on top of the horse, I was like, ha, I know you. I've seen you live.
0: I've seen this person before. Yeah, he's fantastic. There's something to be said. You know, it's kind of like the, the in-between version of Katrina and the Troll, right? Of playing something with no makeup. Yes. But you're not human and it reads and there's just something so slimy about him. Just
1: his mannerisms and his posture and the way he speaks, the way he the, even the way that he moves around. It's everything is so good. What
0: makes me think of the more British school of acting where you build a character, you kind of build from outside in. Anyone who's a British drama student can now correct me if I'm wrong. Well, you know, American school acting is a little different, like internalize an emotion and then come outward. Right, I think the Brits are winning. It's gotten to the point where movies like don't even need Americans to play Americans anymore. I mean, I think that both schools are good,
1: and I think it's just it's just a matter of preference. It's just a matter of what makes sense to you in your body and in your mind. I think that both work, and it might, people might use even both in their career for different characters. One may be good for one character, and the other may be good for the other
0: character. Yeah, I don't think one school's worth more than the other. I've only studied American style, although I think I probably would do a little better with the British style.
1: Oh, yes, guys, you don't know this. Me and Sonia met in acting class. Just FYI, we never mentioned this here, and I want to put it out there. that this is where our friendship began.
0: Yeah, we just spotted each other in acting class, and we had to pick scene partners, and we were both like, her. Win you right away. Yep, we did. It's fun. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, I've only done that. I think I would be better with British style. But yeah, they're both useful. I don't think anyone does only one and discredits the other. I just think the British are winning the battle of getting cast in good movies.
1: (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) That's very
0: possible. Anyways. So yeah, back to the picnic. Yeah, she chucks the food Uther is so easy to play, all right? And I mean, like, not, not Anthony Head playing Uther. Anthony Head, by the way, doing an incredible job in this episode, because we haven't even talked about that. He plays a version of Uther we've never seen, because this is what they're gifting us through this episode. Hey, here's a, a really human side of Uther, wanting to love, wanting to be loved. And I feel for him a lot of times in this episode, but I do think he's just an easy mark. In this scene, I think it's so easy for her to play him like a fiddle. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. In, this scene, in the scene of the picnic, she goes, it must be really hard to be a king and her father both. Like, will we find love
0: soon? Like, oh my God. Getting him to play into the saying, it's yes, with each other.
1: It's so funny because in this episode is the first time that we see Uther with his guards down. He always is very suspicious of everyone. He's like, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. And this is the first episode that you see him having feelings for someone. Or even later, we're going to talk about it, maybe believing in miracles. Who knows? I'm like, wow, this is like really evolving into something that
0: we've never seen before. Yeah, it's fully human Uther. It's really interesting you said that because about doubts. This is the part where Gaius goes to him and I don't know. He insists on talking to Uther. Has this ever worked? Ever? Once? Can anyone point to one occasion this plan has worked out? I'm actually impressed with what happens here because he gets through that thick skull. Of course, Katrina gets out of it with like physicians are often wrong. I'm like, when has Gaius been wrong? Does someone want to tell me? It is what it is. He had to try. I understand, like, he wants to tell him something.
1: Well, at least he was like, I feel like his first, his first plan here is just to plant a little doubt in Uther's head. He's like, I'm going to try to let you figure this out on your own without me having to say all the words. But I'm just going to plant a doubt in your head, which kind of
0: works, right? Yeah, that's why I'm surprised it got through a th- thick skull because he'll ponder on it. And it'll sink
1: in. And then there's this whole scene with the fireplace. Is it a fireplace? It's a fireplace. That Katrina...
0: Where you're like, just like, fire. Fire! Check your bingo. There's a fire.
1: That Katrina says, oh, you can see that this is a miracle. And I feel like it was two episodes ago that Uther said very specifically that he doesn't believe in miracles. And I'm like, oh, now you do. I see.
0: Which I specifically pointed to what made Uther just sad person as a character right yes but this is the the merlin line from the last episode you know they say love makes you do crazy things he wants to believe there's a wanting to believe i'm incredibly proud of uther in this scene and in the way that he does try to take Guise's advice and that's one way i'm proud but this is really really kind of the sweetest we ever get him where she advances on him and he can't do it because he's thinking of a grain And that he stops her and he's like, you know, it's just been a really long time. What a relatable moment from Uther. It is very relatable. I can't believe that he refuses her because she is beautiful.
1: She is beautiful. And he has been alone for a very, very long time.
0: I mean, 21 years, because that's how old Arthur is. Right. He's still not over great. I'm very proud of him. And he did it in a very nice way.
1: And he explained why it was all, it was great. It's like, good job, Uther. I now believe that you are a human being.
0: I wrote, Uther has a heart. It's just very sweet. And that, by the way, kids, Here's we're back to our relationship podcast. In successful relationships, what you should do is communicate your needs. Even if need is space, you don't just like ghost somebody. You just tell them like, hey, I need some space to process some things. I'll be right back.
1: Yes, we have to remember that other people cannot guess what we want. If we really want something, even if it's space, even if it's you have to just leave me for a little bit, you have to open your mouth and say something.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm so proud of Uther because I see this and we get a moment of, we've never seen Uther with a woman. We get a glimpse of what he might have been like as a husband. And let's remember that before Igraine died, it was possibly a lot less crazy about magic and stuff because A, it was allowed, B, B. His wife hadn't died, you know? Yes. He was possibly a very good husband. He treats Lady Katrina very well.
1: I think that her death, Green's death, has obviously has a lot to do with the way that Uther is and behaves and looks at life and distrusts people because of that traumatic experience that he never healed from. Yeah. And as we say... If you don't heal from things, this like tiny shadow grows inside you into a huge thing and takes, just takes over all of your emotions in your
0: brain. I just think it's lovely for the writers to take a pause. After everything that's happened, let's show Uther being a person. And you feel for him, right? Because he's being
1: tricked. I feel sorry because for the first time we see him opening up and unfortunately it is a trick. We know that it's not true. It's a little sad I feel for him in this in this episode.
0: Who to thunk? These writers are so good. They're so talented. They really are. That's a hard trick to pull off. Because someone said someone said in one of the interviews was talking about behind the scenes was talking about like even the characters you don't necessarily like all the time, you like them. <laughs> like the ones that even aren't nice all the time. Yes. You like them. There's something likable about Uther. I mean Anthony Head just does this great job of being, like, super vulnerable in this episode. Yes. We get more Snoopy Merlin. It's such a Snoopy episode because now he sneaks into, he sneaks into Arthur's room while Arthur is sleeping. And... (laughs) (laughs) What a
1: fucking complicated Snooping. Are you serious?
0: I cannot even with this scene. I actually kind of love it because, I don't know, we talked about last episode about how, like... We're kind of here for the Merlin-Arthur banter, and this gives it to us, you know? Some scenes of this hilarious, dynamic duo of friends, right?
1: I'm all for that. It's just a very hard, complicated way to snoop into another person's room.
0: I think it's pretty smart, and he basically, it gets set up earlier. My master's room is just upstairs, right above yours. Yes, that's also very smart. I thought it was a clever trick. You know, like, I'll just put a mirror so he doesn't have to get caught outside her room. Because, like, you know, when you try to open the door a smidge, you always get caught. So that Arthur catches him. I'm proud of Arthur in this scene because this line, this might be my favorite line of the episode. The other one was how it was delivered. But the writing of this line, that if I ever find you doing it again, I'll feed you to the dogs. He's very serious. Apparently, Arthur, very protective of women and their right to privacy.
1: Yes. What a gentleman. He is a gentleman. It is so funny when Arthur's like, just says to Merlin, you've led a sheltered life. You have no (laughs) social skills whatsoever. And Katrina is, I admit, an attractive woman.
0: I'm like, I just, I just love it. He's insinuating that this is like medieval porn and that's what Merlin's after. It was the only way. There's no other way to do that, I guess. What kills me later is that when he comes back and he's like, oh, I've seen enough. That <laughs> nah, nah. The exchanges between them, they still kind of like, I don't know, they stand out. They're so quick and so small, but these this relationship they've written, it's so funny to me. They're very good. This is where you get the guy's troll exposition. He gives you the explanation of why she's here. Now, guys has had enough. He's not going to try to insinuate anything. You're going to tell... Uther that his new lady friend is a troll and this wonderfully sassy kind of eye roly, like okay <laughs> this is a moment where I want to appreciate the choice to make a period piece that uses modern speech patterns which feels fun to us
1: right it is great I also have that line written down because it is very funny and right before this exposition Jonas caught Merlin snooping so he's on to him. So that we have to hold that part for later.
0: Merlin follows her, and we get the full glory fart scene of him discovering <laughs> a farts. I'm like farts. Yeah. Excellent. I smell something bad here. Acting the way he just like runs away. He's like, nope. <laughs> so good.
1: In the end of this scene with the good luck, and then finally, Gaia's fully accepting that what he's set to do here is the impossible goes thank you Merlin (laughs) he knows he's going to need a lot of luck to make this work
0: I get the feeling from Merlin that it's half like genuine I hope this works out for you and half bitchy like yeah good luck don't come back here and tell me it didn't work (laughs) because that's 100% what's gonna happen which we do get later but we get there You know, Gaius goes and he tries so hard. He starts with this entire ramp up. Let me remind you all the ways I've helped you and all the ways I've served you. Because we all know the worst characteristic that Uther has isn't even the way he flies off the handle. It's his complete lack of memories. He cannot hold on to anything like a goldfish.
1: Gaius says, I've served you for many years. I advise you to the best of my ability. I hope that you trust me. Obviously not.
0: I mean, it looks like it's going to work for a second. And then he says troll. And then we end with the same usual Uther characteristic of physician in that tone. Two seconds ago, you're my friend.
1: Every time Uther refers to guys guy as physician, I want to punch him in the mouth. I swear.
0: It sounds like he's saying a, like a swear word. It sounds like a slur. Yes. Yes. Again, we're back to the same thing of it's not what you said, it's how you said it.
1: I want to punch him in the mouth. It's hard. And now he's threatening, guy is. He's threatening guys. I'm like, no, you know.
0: Mila, he just wants love.
1: Well, he got it. Now what's going to happen next episode? I want to (laughs) see.
0: I can't. Okay. I said I couldn't wait for this one. What I really can't wait for is the next episode. But let's, Gaius still is trying. His very last ditch effort is, I'm just asking you, please not to rush into anything. But please, as a friend, don't rush into things. And even after the whole physician incident, Uther does Mm -hmm. listen to him. Because yes, Gaius goes home and gets, think an I told you so from Merlin, who just swore he wouldn't say I told you so.
1: Love it. it. It's just a look when Gaius comes in and he's like, Merlin, don't even, just don't even start. And you know, you know, with a friend also, or like your brother, your sister, your mom, anyone from your home, you any of your family members, when you set out to do something that they were like, this is not going to work. And then you come home and it didn't work. You're like, nope, just don't.
0: Don't even start saying anything. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, he puts an excellent, innocent face on and goes like, I I wasn't gonna. And then two sentences later. That's like very comedic and funny to me because the dynamic works and it's just hilarious to watch. It's almost like Merlin has a little bit of an upper hand on Gaius in this episode because usually it's Merlin trying to run to Arthur to explain things. Yes. To get them solved. He did. He does now because gaius has failed and he's like well i guess i have to freaking tell arthur now but first you know uther does onboard this information he does internalize it and he he does tell her it's time to go live with her cousins he does put the brakes on she's done her little magic thing behind the scenes with jonas with her green troll blood which was very cool and gross with the necklace yeah and she enchants him You know, she gives that line to Jonas, which is hilarious The How could he resist such beauty when she's in troll mode? Now Gaius is desperate.
1: Because Uther just told him she will stay indefinitely.
0: It's sad because Gaius thinks he didn't listen to him. And what actually happened is he listened to him. He told her to go away and the troll used magic. So it's kind of devastating because Gaius never really knows that Uther did, for once, listen to him.
1: Both times that he said something, Uther actually internalized it
0: and listen at the end of the day. No spoilers, but these writers have a thing here with doing this in this show where the only time a character will do something like nice or be on that person's side or finally give in to something, the other character that has been trying to get through to them for many, many, many episodes and many, many moons doesn't ever know about it.
1: That is very frustrating.
0: Yeah, I think it's a habit here. I'm just saying. We'll talk about it in later episodes. At way bigger moments but writers come on I you know they're doing it on purpose i swear so guys ask merlin to use his magic in front of the king which makes merlin a little panicked well who wouldn't be yeah but i do love this whole dorky like action scene of books we have work to do and like put some books out put some you know spectacles on and yes glasses on books we're gonna study for the whole night now see you wanted adventure and now we have to stay up all night reading this is merlin's life hey merlin remember two days ago when you said nothing exciting happens shut up jinx just jinxed yourself he wants to reveal her so they find a spell that kind of should work in the council room now anthony head is playing entranced uther
1: which i love You can see it in his eyes. Like I, his eyes change so much when she puts it on and he lifts his head on that scene. It's another person. And I love it. It's, I mean, he's amazing. So I'm not surprised, but it's
0: so cool to see. I will say now that we're doing this podcast, I'm like the resident Merlin person that everyone knows in their life. So I got a text from a friend last night who was saying, she's like, oh, I want Uther to die. And I laugh because I was like, that you sound like Mila every episode. But I also always interject with, yeah, but do you want Anthony Head to leave? Because how wonderful is he? Because he's been playing vulnerable, wanting to be in love, Uther, like human Uther. And now he's playing entranced in a spell Uther. And it's different. It's different. And you see it.
1: It is different. Yes. It's different in the way that he delivers his lines, anything that he says to Katrina
0: is different, sounds different, and you can see it in his face. Yeah, so they're here to announce their wedding. Merlin tries to do his bit of magic, but Jonas sees him. Apparently, troll magic must be very, very powerful, reminds me of House Elves in Harry Potter. Merlin's getting a lot stronger, but in this episode, he struggles. He struggles to reveal her here, to which he runs to Arthur. The body language Colin Morgan used to walk into that room to talk to Arthur, they're both great in this scene because the way... Arthur cracks up, like, guffaw laughing. We've never seen him like that. Just laughs it out. No. This is the, the same dynamic of relationship playing out between them, except Arthur's being nicer. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Arthur. I have a The question for Uther and Arthur is always, when have Merlin and Gaius been wrong when they brought this stuff to you before? Especially
1: Gaius, because Gaius is the one who goes and voices the concerns to Uther. Merlin is usually actually hiding because he's usually using
0: magic. But has brought plenty of these concerns to Arthur and has been right every single time. Yes. Cedric. Yes. There's just so many times that he's tried to tell Arthur that there's something going on. When is enough enough that you should just believe somebody? But he doesn't believe him. So Jonas tricks Merlin. Did you believe him at all?
1: I mean, if I was, I didn't really believe him. Because I knew, that, I knew that he was straight. But if you watch it, like letting go of the story that you already know how it's going to play out. Yes, I did believe him.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I watched it and I was thinking about that. If you hadn't seen, if you hadn't seen how he behaves with her, you could believe this definitely. In a way, the lie is pretty good. He's saying, well, I'm on her side because she uses magic on me. Right. She twists
1: my mind and now she's twisting Uther's mind and you have to do something about it, which is clearly true. And Merlin knows that it's true that she's twisting Uther's mind.
0: So... You could believe you everything you've seen of Jonas till now is him under a spell. Yeah. But it's a trap. This is the, the I guess, most stressful part of the episode. Where Merlin gets trapped by the troll, and because she used troll magic to create that wall of rocks, he's having a very hard time. He's up all night just trying to break through the wall.
1: It's just 48 hours. There's no sleep. I was going to say,
0: for anyone keeping track, Merlin hasn't slept in two days. No sleep, guys. And it's wedding day. The wedding's starting. They just rig the camera up there on the ceiling because you get this overhead shot of the great hall as she walks in and does the long walk down the aisle. Merlin finally gets out because you know he's going to get out, but he really like has to try.
1: I didn't really think that he was going to be able to get out. Really?
0: I didn't know. How did you think? You think Gaius was going to get him out or something?
1: I don't know. I was like, maybe somebody else will get here. I didn't, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure of what was going to happen.
0: I feel like it's important to write it that he gets out.
1: Because this is, that's why I didn't, for a second there, I didn't think he was going to get out because this is part one and I'm like, maybe he's going to be in here till part two starts and then something else will get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's two parts. I look, it was almost at the end of the episode and I'm like, maybe he's not going to get out. Maybe he's going to stay here and we're going to start part two with Merlin stuck under the castle.
0: Yes, they could have kept him stuck until next episode, but also someone else could have rescued him. But I do think it's important that Merlin gets himself out. Yes, I do too. That he's able to, this is another notch in the belt of like magic that he's able to master, step above, and become as powerful as her. So he runs for it. What really confuses me is I'm going to give it up to Merlin hasn't slept in two days, okay? He's been awake for 48 hours. I think I maxed out the last time I tried to stay awake this long. I maxed out at 42 hours. He runs for it and then has a physical fight with Jonas. I'm like, hey, just use your magic.
1: Yeah. At this point, how do you have a physical strength
0: to get into a fist fight with this guy? I mean, again, it's a lack of sleep thing. I have to call it a judgment error because first of all, even if you were well-rested, you're not as physically strong as you are magically strong. No, definitely not. He finally gets there in the end and he defeats Jonas. And I love this shot of him basically risky business sliding into, it was an 80s reference for all of you who are sad that I only make 90s references. We're going back in time, guys. Listen. It's getting weird. I think my favorite media comes from the 90s and the 80s.
1: Look, the 80s, the 80s are amazing. I'm a
0: huge fan of the 80s. So I'm with you on that one. More importantly, Slides Into the Hall, which I love. Very dramatic. It was, it was. The guy just keeps looking at the door. I'm like, why don't you do something?
1: I also, for a second, thought that he was going to do a spell right there. I'm like, but I don't, you know, I'm like, I, in, deep in my heart, I wanted it to happen, but I knew that it was going to happen. Because there's a a whole second part to this story. So I knew that the
0: wedding was going to go all the way to the end. And that's how we leave off. Yeah. Her and Merlin staring each other down across the great hall. Which is actually a great way to end it. Because she knows who her enemy is. He knows who his enemy is. It sets up the next episode beautifully, right? It's great when she sees him. It's so good. She knows he's strong enough to get through her magic.
1: Yeah, she recognizes that.
0: There you go. It's interesting because we usually have like an ending.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I joked earlier when we were off the mic that this episode finishes but doesn't end. You know what I mean? I mean... As a finish, but it doesn't have an
0: end. You know what I mean. Everyone who watched this knows what I mean. It's definitely not the end because things are not okay in Camelot. And uh, it's not the end until everything is okay in Camelot, as far as we're concerned. It's not the end until it's over. Well, next week on Merlin... Because you have to, this is an easy one. Next week on Merlin, more, more troll mayhem. It's
1: just the one tiny scene that struck me the most is her grabbing the crown, crowning herself and running away. Like, I really want to know what's
0: happening in this scene. It's really hard for me to talk about this next episode, even harder than it was for me to talk about this one, because I don't want to get your hopes up, but I'm just going to say it. There's a lot of funny things. It's even funnier, and it's outright funny.
1: I'm very excited.
0: You think Camelot's going to be okay?
1: Well, yeah, I think Camelot's going to be okay, but I actually have no idea. I, have, I tried to think of a few possibilities, and I can't, so I have no idea what is actually going to happen. I don't have any guesses, and I just want to watch it and see how it ends up.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that because I do think there's a couple of out of nowhere left turns in the next episode. Good. That I, when I watch it, I think, oh, yeah, I couldn't have seen them go there. It's going to be great.
1: I am a person who, if it's like a murder movie or if it's something that's like it's you have to investigate, love to investigate things, everything. So if it's a thing like, for example, this one, you have to guess what happens in the next episode. I love to make all kinds of scenarios in my head. That is at all times of my life, but also with series and movies. So whenever we get to the next episode, I make up a few scenarios in my head of what I think is actually going to happen. And I don't have I don't know. I couldn't make one.
0: It's funny that we have the same base need but fulfill it in different ways because what happens with me is that if the next episode is not immediately available, I'm just going to go find out on the internet. Like I will actually go investigate.
1: Oh my God, no, no.
0: I also love playing Clue all the time. I do too. I just think it's funny that we're the same and basically the opposite. (laughs) The (laughs) opposites. With that, folks, thanks for joining us. We'll see you for the conclusion of Beating the Beast next time. Thank you, guys. See ya.